Well, hello and good day, beautiful, marvelous, tremendous podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you are doing amazing. I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes your way. We've got a tremendous episode of the show for you today. We have Eddie Stone on and we are talking about heavy metals, heavy metal detox, healthy living and sustainable business. Eddie Stone is the founder and CEO of Touchstone Essentials, my new sponsor. Um, I did a lot of research before agreeing to let them sponsor the show. Oddly, enough um, and they do things right he's really knowledgeable in a lot of areas and has some very powerful stories so he talks about his mother's amazing recovery story why toxicity leads to illness um, the 80s marketing for healthcare and why it's still the same why many supplements are not as good for you as you think the organic trade association um, entrepreneurship advice and in, in the challenges it takes to do things right uh, why you basically have to risk it all in entrepreneurship understanding food decisions um, thinking of life three years and five years ahead, the power of CBD, blue zones, the power of zeolite, and so much more. This is a very informative episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, as my new sponsor, you can get uh, the Pure Body Extra Heavy Metal Detox using zeolite um, for just five bucks. They're going to open that up for you guys. And you go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B, M-A-T-T-B, and you can get your first bottle for five bucks. Um, that promotion is going to stay on and they're going to give you $50 off. So I think it's only like 13 bucks. It is uh, very inexpensive. It is very effective. I re I went into the some, some of the studies on zeolite. I talked to Dr. Bear Lando about zeolite. He puts it in his products at Alpha Vedic, which are incredible as well. If you go over to alphavedic.com, um, they're just smaller. They're smaller farms, but uh, he uses zeolite in a lot of his things as well and says it's a very powerful detox. So if you use the Pure Body Extra with um, some food supplements. You can use apple cider vinegar, turmeric, and there's many others. So do that and see how you feel about a heavy metal detox. And what I've done is I've used the uh, Pure Body Extra with a green drink two or three times a day to balance out all the other crap I eat. I eat okay, uh, but not amazing. You know what I mean? It's, an, it's a decent diet, but now I have something that's going to be a better consistent filtration system, making sure I got all my greens, but also the detoxification, which is necessary for what we eat. So um, yeah, check them out. Uh, they're an amazing company. I'm sure you're gonna like it. I've, there's a ton of benefits from it, from you know brain fog, feeling better, better gut, um, lots of better sleep. So there's lots going on there. If you have any questions, you're gonna see a bunch of information over there. Uh, for those of you guys who wanna support the show, please leave a review in iTunes. Please share this as far and as wide as you can. Become a member at mattbaylayer.com. You can join for free or by donation. And if you're a person who's really looking to make a difference in this world, you want clarity, power, and you want to live your life purpose. Um, you want to go from a job to a vocation and a calling, and you want to architect your life deliberately using spiritual and mental tools, overcoming self-sabotage, fear, and doubt, and all that stuff. Um, hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. There are a ton of resources from me, from the soul compass to the quantum heart hypnosis to coaching. So if I can help you in any way, just hit me up. Uh, it's amazing how many people I work with. They say, oh, I don't know what my life purpose is or I'm confused. And within a few short sessions, um, you're on track. But then the challenge is staying on track, right? G getting a, a hold of your unique signature, you know, who you came here to be, your intuition. Um, but the challenge is walking that path and navigating all the challenges that come with it. So if you're interested in that, hit me up. Would love to hear from you. And the best way to support the show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. So that's it. Um, um, we appreciate you very, very much. Uh, thank you for coming. And let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. 
Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, connection, power, courage, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely amazing episode with Eddie Stone. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are winning the war on censorship. If you can share this episode and others, leave a review, join our membership. It all helps immensely. The best thing you can do to support is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Touchstone Essentials. Touchstone Essentials is the result of a lifelong journey to educate himself on science, proper nutrition, healthy lifestyles, and to find out why now more than ever, people are tired, run down, and sick. He discovered a food system that was broken, a nutrition supplement industry that delivers little of the benefit of real food. Since then, his purpose has been to help people live healthier lives. Welcome to the show, Eddie Stone. Matt, thank you so much. Appreciate the uh, description and the chance to be here. And I, the, the mission of things and yeah, thank you. It's uh, my pleasure. You know, it's exciting because I got to know a little bit about your work. Your bio is massive, so I'm going to get you to share um, with the audience. But, you know, recently with everything that's been going on in the world, I've been seeing heavy metals and learning last year about germ theory versus terrain theory, then learning everything about uh, food that I have. And I'm like, uh, you know, the dirty dozen, right? You're aware of that with all the pesticides on it. And I'm like, a cucumber? How is a cucumber not safe? You know, and that was a few podcasts back with uh, Dr. Uh, Friedman. Uh, and so... I was like, okay, what is going on here? And so when I was introduced to you and your work and your company and how you're doing things, um, I learned a lot, but I'm excited to have you here because it's such a, a challenge to untangle it all and find what's legit. So I'd love for you to just start with a little bit about your background and your process to getting to where you are today. Yeah, ha happy to. And I, I appreciate your description of the journey because it is a, it's a never ending web of information, what's right, what's wrong, what's the truth. I mean, the transparency lacking is just, um, you know, it's, it's terrible for consumers. So here's my story. I'm 57 years old as I sit with you today and I've got a, a lovely wife I've been married to for more than 30 years and a couple of great kids. My journey uh, with nutrition started in my late 20s and it's probably not that unusual. Uh, I've been pretty athletic in my teens and while I was at uh, the university, but you know, eventually you get into a job and you get a family going and all those things and it just doesn't happen the same. And so I found myself more overweight than I should have been, you know, bad triglycerides, bad cholesterol, sort of all those things. And I, I sort of had this realization when I, when I got some lab reports back that, hey, I'm, I'm really headed towards being a statistic here you know, of just all these other people in their 30s that are on type 2 diabetes medication, hypertension medication, cholesterol drugs, sort of all these dynamics. And I, you know, just personally, whether it was vanity or whatever it was, I just didn't want to be that guy. You know, I didn't want to be a part of the system in the way that I think sometimes things are kind of designed to funnel you towards, right? To just get on this train. If you look at what we eat in this uh, country, and this is true of most developed nations, about 95% of the calories consumed are coming from ultra processed foods. And then we're led over here to some pharmaceuticals to kind of manage the impact of that on our body. And so it's not uh, 
I don't think it's a winning formula in the way that it uh, should be. But I did have a big sort of moment happen at the same time. My mom began to get sick in an unidentified way. Um, she had me when she was in her teens, right? So we we're pretty close uh, growing up. And, and so not that much older than me. And we, you know, we, we went to all the local doctors that we could. We then branched out to the universities around us. Then we traveled to different states. And you know, a couple of years into this journey, she's losing weight. She's not healthy. You kind of feel like she's wasting away. That, that maybe is overdramatic a statement. But we ultimately didn't find solutions till someone suggested, hey, I've, I've got this doctor. I've, I've had him described as a quack, but maybe you want to give him a call. We were desperate enough, Matt, that when they said quack, we didn't even hear that. We're like, we'll take the number. You know, we'll figure that part out ourselves. And this person, their practice was basically to consider as a reason why somebody is sick is that they're toxic. Now, his solution was to put her on a very aggressive IV chelation therapy. In hindsight, what I know now, which I didn't know then, that was probably too aggressive, but it did work. I mean, within a couple of weeks, she began to respond, and we were able to basically identify that she had had breast implants early in her life. She had developed an autoimmune response to them, and one had been leaking. So we cleaned her up. Uh, improved her diet, got the implants out of her body and her health returned. And she's alive and well and healthy, you know, today. And so it was a wake up call to me about getting into the detail of what you're putting in your body, not just thinking of things in a macro sense, right? You know, most of the books and things you read or diet guru stuff, that kind of thing, it's a macro concern. Don't have carbohydrates, do have carbohydrates. Don't have fat, do have saturated fat how much protein, right? They're all doing this macro set of issues, but at a micro level, the nutrient density of food, whether those calorics or calories are coming from fat, protein, or carbohydrates, right, really matters, right? A, a Snickers bar has a profile of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, but so does a well-prepared dish of broccoli, right? But there are all kinds of different micronutrients involved. And fundamentally, it's about providing tools to the body. So I began to think of food, exercise, sleep, meditation, supplements as tools to help you optimize your health, whether a person chooses to take the, take the tools or not, right? I don't get into too much of that debate. I'll let them sort of decide what their motivations are and where they're, they're coming from. And so this led to my career of now more than 30 years specifically focused in the field of supplements and nutrition. And I'll be candid, most of what's out there, I wouldn't touch. And when I say that, I mean 99%, right? If you looked at the sourcing, most of the conventional vitamins are sold, regardless of price, uh, they're built or sourced almost like fast food. And so that was a challenge for me and, and led to really the path we're on today with Touch on Essentials that we started. But we've just you know, we believe deeply in the role of food. We believe deeply in the role of supplements. It's just paying attention to educating yourself enough to know, you know or be a discerning consumer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I love all that. And, and I didn't know about the, the journey with your mom. So I'm so glad she's healthy and, and okay. And, and doing this podcast, I've talked one-on-one -on -one with people and many physicians that talk about toxicity. Uh, when Dr. Friedman was on, she was talking about um, how she would treat breast cancer and 100% had high levels of toxicity. So the first thing she would do is a heavy metal detox. Um, now yeah. I'm going through all this research and just like, uh, we won't say the word, but we'll say, you know, the, the, 
the thing that the government wants everyone in the world to take, I started to learn more about that, right? Because I didn't know, right? From before, I kind of knew health stuff, and but I, I didn't know some of that other stuff. And now I'm finding other other stuff going on <laughs> with basically everything. But it, the source is like heavy metals and nanoparticles. And a friend of mine, a doctor in Quebec, um, came on and he did a two-hour um, presentation on you know his origin and how they were experimenting with nanoparticles in the 80s when he first got into medicine. And so, you know, we have all these interesting things going on that are creating effects. So then you think about, well, what are the solutions, you know, and when you get into um, sports performance and these supplements and all these different things, it gets a little bit wild. I remember talking to one of my friends, David Lonebear about this stuff. And he goes, well, if you look at that, what they were marketing for health foods in the eighties. And so I did, and a lot of it was nonsense. And then now you've got this other stuff, but then you've got how the food is grown and the glyphosate. And, and so I'd love for you to speak on a little bit of your process for how you went through that, because that's what I've noticed um, in doing my research and talking to Dr. Bear Lando from Alpha Vedic and how he creates things and stuff like that, the importance of that process. So how were you able to, well, one transition from like the business where you were working for another company and then two, like making that leap to how do we do this right so it gets the result that we want? Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that about the 80s. So I graduated high school in 1982, right? So I know exactly what you're talking about. And they almost used to position diet soft drinks as, as a health aid, right? That, that became sort of a, a, an identity for quite a few brands. And the other one well, that like, was like, really- Sorry, like, like today's vitamin water. Cause I'm like, how are they going to do that? You look at it, it's like got 20 grams of sugar. And I was like, this is juice, <laughs> right? But That's, a kid isn't going to know that. No, a kid's not going to know that. And then, so what I, what I saw was there were girls in my high school and other people, uh, some of my wrestling buddies, people super concerned about their weight. I remember how popular fat free muffins were. And then there were grocery store cookies that sort of had the same dynamic. So everybody's like, oh, it doesn't have fat. This must be great. Not looking one bit at the amount of sugar that's in there to cover up the fact that it uh, lacks fat, right? Let alone the preservatives. So it's just a lot of sort of misdirected information. And and it just takes us a while to sort of sort through that. And I'm not sure everybody uh, does all the time. But so so for me, you know, that sort of all added uh, fuel to the fire. Here, here's what I found, and I'll, I'll be candid, I'll step back a little bit. For me, it isn't just about the end product, right? You, you, you do have to begin with the end in mind if you want to do something in life. And, and so you, you kind of know what you want to do for an end product. But we also think about what are, the, what are the impacts of the things we buy on the communities we buy them from. So, for example, we're members of the Organic Trade Association. And we're members of that organization for a lot of reasons. But a lot of it has to do with our ability to educate ourselves through uh, the information they have that's just not commonly out there about uh, things like glycosphate or others. But when you buy something that's organic, principally, it should be a little more nutritious, right? That's sort of one of those dynamics that we talk about. But going beyond that, that means that the community where that was grown, there's literally millions upon millions of metric tons of petroleum-based herbicides, fungicides, pesticides that now aren't sprayed into those communities, right? So the waterways, the air supply, the farm workers, the farmer, the soil, the micronutrients in the soil, everything has now avoided that 
layer of synthetic herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides. And now those things weren't even produced because there wasn't a buyer for them. Now, there's billions of tons of this stuff around the globe, right? So, I mean, it literally is a shovelful at the time. But every time you make that decision, it isn't just because of your belief system about it being more healthy, more nutritious, or free of those chemicals. Now that community and all the people associated with it, the biosphere associated with that community, there's a holistic set of decisions that are being made. And in most cases, not all, organic farming practices are also more sustainable crop rotations because they don't have the benefit of synthetic chemicals. And so if they want to continue to produce stuff we want to buy that's nutrient dense, right? We're discerning buyers. We won't just buy anybody's uh, organic crop. And so they've got to have their practices in line. They've also got to be more uh, conscious of what's happening with their water supply and other types of issues. And so it's one of these things where there's a cascade effect of the decision. I, I often think if you look at a, a, a chain of events, right, and you look at the small gear at the top, little teeny decisions at the top, man, can cause gears to either strip off on the bottom or run smoothly. Uh, there's, a, there's books out there that talk about food origins and it's kind of going from beginning to end. There's a great one by Michael Pollan called The Omnivore's Dilemma, which follows food paths. And so I've been influenced by thinking about these things. So I'm not only, you know, interested in personally and professionally, the end product safety, nutritional density. I'm also interested in how it's impacted on the food chain. And at the same time, things that are totally commercially driven, what's happening there. And so if you look, for example, let's just take uh, vitamin C. Most people, when they hear vitamin C, if they buy something with vitamin C in it and they go home and they look at the label, next to the vitamin C in parentheses, it will say ascorbic acid. And they don't think any, anything of that, right? Because it's been commonly accepted that ascorbic acid is, an, is vitamin C, but that's not exactly true. Vitamin C is an eight component compound and ascorbic acid is just one of those components. And actually, if we want to break it down, what it represents is kind of the shell or think about it being the egg shell, but not the guts of the egg. And so for it to uh, be beneficial to your body, you've got to market up with enzymes when it goes into your body, when it's digested, and those other components have to be brought to bear, breaking down from the collagen on your blood vessel wall and other ways. And that's one of the reasons why recommendations for vitamin C can be 5,000 milligrams, 10,000 milligrams, all these absurdly large numbers because it's so efficient. Well, almost all of that ascorbic acid is being manufactured. Even the, even the ascorbic acid used in a $200 a month physician-driven multivitamin is being manufactured in Southeast Asia in an environment where the biosphere around that community or waste or other pollutants are not taken into account. It just simply does not matter. You don't see that manufactured in the US or Canada or Europe, right? That's just not what takes place. And so we've become accustomed to that. I've had physicians tell me there's no difference. That's just not true. The biosignatures are different. And so you can also get vitamin C from an acerola cherry, for example, other sources as well. But acerola cherries are, they're kind of sour cherries, so people don't commonly eat them. But if you're getting a good organic acerola cherry, it can be as much as an 18 to 22% content of vitamin C in its whole compound form. Well, you don't have to be a biochemist to sort of realize your body would recognize that more easily. Its bioavailability is greater, plus all of the other nutrients 
that are going to be found in that. So for example, we have a product with some vitamin D in it. It comes from a whole mushroom. Mushrooms are like us, little sunshine in the right location, they produce vitamin D. We harvest these organic mushrooms, flip them over, give the gills about 15 minutes of, of sunlight, and they produce vitamin D. So there's a lot of ways to go at this, and you can have it as a nutritional practice or making products of this kind. You just got to consider the whole supply chain and what is the impact of my decision today. So this is all a part of how we get to these decisions, and it takes some time. When we launched this company, one of the biggest exercises was finding sources, right? So for example, the western side of the Rockies and Colorado are notoriously famous for making the very best nutrient-dense blueberries, right? The intensity, a lot of people don't realize that when you look at fruits or vegetables, the thicker and the heavier the color on the skin, it's most likely going to have a, a, a greater antioxidant uh, density than say a, a fruit with a blander color. And it's not always true, but the reason why that in general is a statement is because when that blueberry is, is at any kind of altitude and it's exposed to constant sun, in order to survive, it makes that thick antioxidant rich skin so it can fight the oxidative stress from the sunlight it's exposed to, right? So we're really consuming something there that produced its own protective quality, its own protective shell or skin, and we're just harvesting that benefit for ourselves. And so when you get, begin to understand these things and how that interacts with your own body and the benefit, and you just have to say to yourself sometimes, hey, man is great, right? We, we, we've put somebody on the moon, we do all these great things, but we hadn't figured out how to make an apple. Right, some things nature just does, and you need to respect that, um, and and that's what we do, right? And so that when we make our decisions and before we produce a product, we look at, hey, is the supply chain sustainable? Are the people involved in the supply chain living a quality of life that should be respected and and applauded and you know uh, serviced or paid, right? When when you do these things, and so we try to take this holistic approach and. You know, the, the end result we believe is a far superior product, but we also believe it's a product with an impact that's positive uh, on the environment around us. Wow. Well, that's amazing. There's, there's so many things I want to kind of touch on. One of them was like, you know, just the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial aspect of doing that, um, but also on like the, the detox side and all the, the health questions, because you're, you're totally right. It reminds me of the story of Patagonia. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they had an opportunity to like, you know, do the right thing. And they did. And it meant like a loss of profit. And, and it's such an inspiring story. And especially now with food, it's always like profit first. Well, with, with almost any industry profit first. So we're not looking at the effects of the environment. And so and it's funny because I've been looking at this for a long time because about 10 years ago, at least we're looking at sustainable communities and good food. And then, so that went into farmland and a friend of mine lives in, you know, farmland in Ontario. And he was like, man, when I drive home, he's like, it's just chemical city. It's a, he's like the older farmers that used to live here. I think it told them about five years where they had to stop drinking the well water because all the pesticides going on. So, you know, we, this is a worldwide crisis. You know, we know this and we know from these big companies like Monsanto patenting seeds and, you know, food is the most important thing. It's interesting because, as humans, we need clean food, clean water, 
and shelter. And, and we don't have those things and we're not taught those things. You know, everyone have a little backyard farm, you know, grow their own food. But now we have such a potential food crisis coming up with the supply chains and everything else, then alone all the chemicals that we're allowing on these crops. So it's a very deep subject. So there's a few things I'd love for you to discuss, but one as an entrepreneur, um, how did you go about making the right decision of understanding like the supply chains? But then I'd love to dive into just understanding heavy metals, how to get rid of them in the body, how to make good food choices. Because like I said, when, you know, Dr. Friedman was on and talked about cucumbers not being safe, I was like, you got to get out of here. And then I, I look into it. I'm like, oh my goodness, like, because they're, they're very, um, they can, the water, they have a high water density. So they absorb the, the chemicals that are sprayed in the, spray in the crops. So then all of a sudden you have a buildup in the body that for her, she was treating a lot of people with breast cancer. That's her specialty is helping people de detox from that. But any of the illnesses is a high toxicity. And so when we can, I guess I'll go into my own solution now. So what I do is just eat regular, but now I have some things that are detoxing agents. So a green drink, uh, some of what you guys have provided me, which is fantastic. And, um, some apple cider vinegar. And so when I'm putting those in thing on a daily basis, I'm equaling out some of the other stuff without having advanced knowledge of everything, right? I'm not eating super clean and just like, I want to do as much as I can, but I live in a city. So that way it balances out rather than having no balance, having no foods, no things in there that are going to take out these heavy metals. So that's a lot. And I'd love for you to comment on that and help me on the path because I feel like my city friends feel the same way. If I can get clean food, I'm going to buy that every day. If I know the product is clean, I'm going to buy that every day. It's a bit more expensive, but I know what I'm investing in and I'm, I'm willing to do as much as I can to support that. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, and there are several things there. One thing though, just to make clear, uh, according to research with the Organic Trade Association, OTA, in most groceries in the developed world, there's only a one to 3% difference in the end price to the consumer of organic versus conventionally grown products. So it's definitely the gap has closed uh, dramatically, right? And, and I, I think that's important. In terms of the entrepreneurial uh, side of this, so I started this company in 2012. So I started it in my late 40s. And for a lot of people, maybe that's, you know, a little late in the game. And I had been kind of an entrepreneur because I've been independent sales rep. I mean, I've done some things where I had to be responsible for myself on a daily basis, get yourself up, set your own goals, you know, do this kind of thing, just like with your podcast, right? You've got to be self-driven to do this. There's nobody doing it for you. And in some respects, it, it, it's thankless work. It's wonderful work. It's gratifying work. But in that regard, you know, it doesn't get that monetization that you think of a, a lot of times. And so the one thing I encourage would be entrepreneurs is just make sure you've got a passion for it because it may be a while before you get paid in the way you should, right? You'll be upside down on time in versus money out. And that may be okay if it's totally a passion play, just recognize that and embrace it. If it's a monetary play from the beginning, you got to think about it that way too. So for me, I benefited from the fact that I, I had an opinion about these things. I had a point of view and I was just arrogant enough that I thought I want to share that point of view from the world. I'm going to, uh, you know, pursue this thing and produce something I think people want and they need, right? And so that was a driving force uh, behind my thought process. And the people around me believe the same thing, my wife and some other key people that I worked with. But the other side of this, there's sort of two other things that I benefited because of my age. I don't, that doesn't mean you couldn't 
have this dynamic in your 20s or 30s. But in my late 40s, I had a lot of experience in this industry. I had seen things done right. I'd been involved in things done right. I'd seen things done wrong. And I had been involved in things done wrong, right? You, you can have a great idea. You can put it on paper and you can go exercise that idea and it's a fail. And so you just got to decide, uh, are you going to let that cripple you? Or are you going to try to learn from it? And I'm not the first person to say failures are part of learning to be successful. So you just got to embrace that idea. So I had a lot of experience in sort of seeing those dynamics. But the other thing that I really think made a big difference was I was willing to acknowledge, because while I've got some ego, I was willing to acknowledge there's just a lot of things that I don't know that I don't know. Right. And, and so by by acknowledging that I went out and sought professionals to give me advice. Right. When I decided to do this, I was going to put a, you know, basically all the money I had accumulated in life at risk. Right. <clears throat> My wife said the retirement. I said, yeah, all of it. Right. It's all going into the kitty. Right. So it's 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 bust or or success. Right. It's there's no real in between there. Right. The whole idea of burning your boats. Right. So you can't you know, flee the shore. And so I went and found people in my local community that offer free advice on how to write business plans and then give you tough questions to answer when you put it together. You know, you're making estimations about cost or projections or whatever. And like, is that realistic? Does that make sense? Right. And so I sought the advice and the availability of this kind of stuff in my community because I was worried sincerely about the things that I'd don't know that I don't know. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. It, it gave me a guide to do the work, right? And it didn't match every projection and everything wasn't right, but I had at least encountered the question so that in the real practice, it made sense for me, whether it's surging uh, charges on gas that then impact shipping that you can't pass on to a consumer. I mean, whatever it is, right? There's just all these things you got to plan for. And I think if I had been younger, and I know my younger self was pretty headstrong and, and believed that I had a lot of answers that I, I did not have. Uh, I might not have been that vulnerable to test my ideas in that way. So anybody that's a budding entrepreneur, being willing to put your ideas on paper and find a subjective audience to test them is really important. And I would, I would tell that to anybody. And I, I just, I believe that. So I, I benefited from those things, but in the end, the energy coming from the passion for this is what drives you through the slow parts, the down parts, and gets you onto that other side, and then makes you appreciate when there is success and realize that it can be fleeting. And so that's that's what I say to entrepreneurs, right? Be willing to test your idea and make sure you got a passion for it. You get those two things in hand, you can probably find some success at some level. Um, trying to figure out the stuff about food. That, you know, some of that comes down to being curious, right? Your willingness to be curious and not just accept sort of the status quo as it relates to food. Because when you start to break free, right? You're, you're with your friends, your folks, whatever. You're somewhere and everybody's going to stop and get the most convenient thing. Because if you look at food decisions in the developed part of the world, and I say it that way because there's third, you know, third world situations where food is about availability because it's just scarce, right? So they're literally going to eat whatever they have access to. In the modern world, most of us are buying food solely on convenience. 
And we've been so accustomed to everything operating at the speed of light that we will stand in front of a microwave and be frustrated because a microwave doesn't operate fast enough, right? Let alone taking the time to go to the store, buy something, clean it, chop it, prepare it, and eat it, right? Which is the process that we need to follow as much as we can. I know it doesn't work all the time. I mean, everybody pulling through a drive-thru window and having something in a styrofoam container passed over to them and then they pass it back to their kids. They're not all doing that because they think that's the most healthy thing possible, right? There's a realism about what's happening here, but they're making this compromise. And I, I get that. But when you're making these decisions, you, you, you got to be willing to confront that and be a little different because in a group of five people and you're saying, I'm just not going to eat that. I'll just wait till the next stop or whatever it happens to be. You can get some peer pressure. Come on. It's okay. It's one time. It's not one time for anybody. Right. And so it's about your will to focus on the end point. Right. Because eating bad one meal, no big deal. Right. But it's the accumulation over a lifetime. And here's one thing I've learned. The human body is so sophisticated. It is so good. I mean, just in awe of, of who we are, our function, how these things happen. It, your mind lets you forget, thankfully, how good you felt at 18, how good your joints felt, how you just leaped out of bed, right? At 57, you tumble out of bed and follow gravity, right? It's a whole different dynamic, but you kind of forget that, right? When you start to really improve from a health standpoint, you're a fit person, you pay attention to how you eat, all of a sudden you reclaim some of that vitality and good feeling. If you eat bad for a couple of days in a row, you probably feel it, right? You can say, gosh, I, I feel that, right? You, you broke that cycle. For a lot of people eating bad every day, every day, every day for years on end, they just get used to it and they take an antacid or they take an analgesic or anything to cover it up. And so- It's a, it's a numbing, right? Yeah, that's, that is exactly right. You become numb to this end result. And so making those decisions and choices about food, if a person's curious and explore and listens to their body at any level, they'll eat some things and go, man, I didn't feel good after that. I crashed out energy-wise after that lunch at the local chain place and that dessert I ate and those two martinis or whatever it happens to be, right? They're going to say, you know what? I, my afternoon wasn't productive. I don't, I don't feel good, right? I'm not, now I'm not embracing life. I'm plopping on a couch and not engaging with anything to advance who I am and, and what I'm about. And so I, I, I think you just got to listen and be curious about it, but you also got to have the will to be separate from the crowd. Well, smokes. Well, that's a lot. There's a lot of great points. The first thing I want to touch on is just the entrepreneurship endeavor. And that was one of the reasons, uh, you know, in addition to what you're doing as being knowledgeable in, in health and detox and things like that, but the entrepreneurial journey, because one of the things that I believe is that if each of us engaged in what our life purpose is, if we kind of knew what that was like a calling, um, this is one of the ways we shift the planet. And what I've found people are doing legitimately, right? They look at the company now, and I think you had like 50,000 reviews on the one thing and just, you know, products just sold a ton of stuff, which is an amazing achievement, but you had to go all in. I don't, I don't know anybody who didn't have to like basically risk everything, like risking it off 40 or 45 is like, Hey, you know, all that stuff from the corporate job and all that massive amount of money we have, we're going to risk that now. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's, um, you know, just kind of part of the process. But if you engage in it and it's meaningful to you by your own definition, you're going to feel good about yourself and, and the universe is going to support you in your path. You know what I mean? And you might see failures like every entrepreneur I know, failure is a part of the process. It'd be great if it was success every single time, uh, but that's not the case. And so 
if we took accountability, did meaningful work, you know, and then we have lifestyle things, you know, whether it's the food choices that might, we might not make the best decision all the time, or if you need to work toward what your passion is, if you just start steering the boat that way, um, it's a powerful, uh, you know, journey. It's an, uh, it's a powerful experience. And then for the food thing, you know, I think, you're so right. One of the things for fitness is I, I uh, and when I coach, I talk, talk about the minimum. So the minimum health. So this last year and a bit, I've been in lockdown. So I have a kettlebell, but I got another couple of kettlebells. So if I'm not working out, I'm basically doing a minimum hundred swings every single day, sometimes a bit more. And then I'm not the most, I'm very consistent, but not like uh, Jocko willing consistent. So I'll miss a few days, but I'll notice it. And also on the food side, I started to go down and I kind of noticed that. So I did a cleanse. And so what I did was um, I usually don't eat for 48 hours and then I just eat um, grapes for one day and then basically nothing. And then I start reintroducing food and it breaks the cycle. So for me, if you, if you want a, a simple process, just do grapes for 48 hours, just make sure they're organic. Cause there's not all the crap in them. Um, and apparently that from Dr. Henry Morse, who doesn't do podcasts anymore, he did, had a lot of success in treating people with cancers and very terminal illnesses. I go, hey, I still remember this. And I saw some contradicting stuff online. So I don't know, but I asked him and I go, okay, somebody comes into your office and he talked about tumor shrinking and all this stuff. Uh, it's a great podcast. You want to check that one out with Dr. Henry Morse, but such a funny guy. And I go, okay, they're all messed up. What do you do? He's like grapes. I was like, does it? He's like, yeah, 40 days of grapes. He's just like, that stuff is magic. I was like, okay, man. So I kind of took that. And then um, I just start with the grapes because I get into the pattern of morning coffee, right? And then this, and I'm kind of lethargic and I just run the same friggin' pattern. So 48 hours of grapes breaks it. And then from that breaking point, right? Uh, pattern interrupt, I can then slowly introduce the other food, but then I realized pasta was no good for me and other stuff. It, it made me lethargic. And so they're just really important points because if you forget that energy and you don't know how to pattern interrupt it, you know, you don't know how to change it. You're, you're going to, it, it kind of lulls you in. It kind of makes you go to sleep. It's like freezing to death. You know what I mean? It just like all of a sudden becomes comfortable. So I just think it's really important points to make. And then I'd love to ask uh, if you want to comment on that, let me know. Um, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, the importance of a heavy metal detox, how we can do it, some of the research that you found. And then if you have like a basic kit for the city person, and for me, you know, being reintroduced to your work and the products that you guys have and, and some stuff like that, what it did was reinvigorate my balance. So I still have the coffee. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be conscious of what I eat. Uh, but at the same time, now I've got the balance in there with uh, my supplements of like the green juice with the uh, apple cider vinegar, which is in there and then lemon water and these other things. And so I wrote those on the fridge. And so now the balance is better. And then I can even tip it to what I call it like my athletic point. Cause I like being athletic, high energy, and I'm not able to sustain it all the time because I like ice cream and I like drinking beer with my buddy sometimes. So it's that middle way. And then, so sometimes I crush it and go into super athletic. And then sometimes I let the pizza tip over. And so this minimum keeps that balance a lot better. And that's the way that I've been able to do it. Well, there's several things there I want to speak to, but let me just say this, congratulations on figuring it out. It, that works for you, right? And, and you sound like the kind of person you're still thirsting to know more, right? You're doing these podcasts and learning from every step of the way. So um, I admire that. I hope you've sort of just congratulated yourself on that because that's a big part of getting started. What I found for me 
where my motivations for these types of things come from, whether we're talking about these decisions on food or starting a company or maintaining the journey was, one, I'm willing to say out loud to myself like a mantra, the choices I wanna make. Because I've learned over time, tons of science to reinforce this is you can think something in your mind all you want to, but just because it's on that part of your brain and that subconscious doesn't mean your conscious hears you. Your conscious can't hear your mind. These two things are separated, right? The subconscious and the conscious. So you gotta say it out loud. You gotta have physical representation. And so I keep it pretty simple, but even at this age today, in my mirror where I shave, I have to shave around this document that sits there that's my choices and my choices about what's important to me in terms of happiness as a, as a choice, right? Happiness is a choice, health is a choice, right? So that my mind and body, my subconscious and conscious, everybody's working together. And I've learned I need everybody working together. I mean, I, in the modern world and all this stuff coming at us, I try to do that. And then the, the other thing for me that I benefited from, I have this real simple rule. I try to think about three, five and 10 years from now Right? And this was true of me when I was younger. I grew up in construction. My grandfather was a builder. My dad was a builder. It can be very, very rewarding work, but it also can be incredibly taxing work, challenging physically, denigrations of body. Not a lot of people on a construction site thinking about health and nutrition. They're not talking about the book club. I mean, there's just a lot of things there that are different and that's okay. I don't judge that as being somehow a less of a life. It's just a life. And so what I asked myself was, Three years from now, where do I want to be? You know, where do I, what, what do I want my life to look like? What's that picture three years from now? Do I still want to be struggling with bill pay? Do I still want to have some weight on me? Some things like that. And I made sure that I was truthful and said, if I look at someone that's just been doing it three years longer, where are they at? Just sort of knowing how the average is bringing people to a common point, right? And then I did that with five and 10. So a lot of my lifetime motivations and things that have turned out to be true, I made them as loud, acknowledged choices frequently. Most people might see me doing that in the bathroom in the morning and think I'm a little nuts. I could care less. Fortunately, that's just my wife. And then I also made sure I had a vision of what success looked like because I do believe, just like you said, you get one foot in front of the other, you might get off track a little bit, just like you described. And it may be by choice to get off track, to have some pizza and some beer and some fun or whatever that happens to be. But ultimately, if you know you want to be a certain person, you'll get back on track. You'll find the motivation and the discipline. By the way, I'm a kettlebell guy. So I'm all, I'm all over that. The other thing about food, I'll say real quick, if you've not spent any time thinking about food combining, sometimes even healthy foods in a poor combination can lead you to be lethargic and not feeling well. And there's a lot of dynamics and research about how your digestive enzymes, how they work, how they're, how those enzymes work when breaking down starches versus proteins versus fats. And oftentimes, if you're eating food and you're combining starches with protein, it creates a conflict in how the body breaks those things down. Digestion takes too long, robs you of energy, and you generally don't get the same nutrition from it. You can see that in dark colored bowel movements, uh, slow and loose bowel movements, even if the starch that you've eaten let's say it's an organic sweet potato and the protein that you've eaten are good sourced combined, they can be a problem for a lot of people. So an area just to consider a food combining has been really positive for me and a lot of people I know just lightly thinking about it, not living by, by the strictest of terms, 
but something to consider in that regard. But so in terms of, of how we do things and our approach, right? So here's what we try to think about. Modern world is go, go, go. You're eating on the road, you're eating fast. I was in Japan a couple years ago, uh, went into the uh, convenience store in the basement of the hotel or the, you know, the bottom level of the hotel I was staying in. And 80% of the shelf space was pre-packaged, ready to go food. And I was there when the building was letting out at five o'clock and everybody was coming in and buying dinner that they were gonna eat on their one hour train ride home to wherever. And that was 80% of the shelf space in that entire place. And it's pretty common. So everything's based upon this convenience dynamics. So if you consider that and you're trying to make supplements can be beneficial, you got to think about, okay, let me meet people where they are. Just knowing how people eat and then considering this, you said heavy metals. So there's roughly 80 to 100 plus thousand man-made chemicals produced annually around the world that are used in consumer products we use every day from dry cleaning fluids used to dry clean clothes to detergents that people use to the finish on the carpet to stain resistance in your uh, um, clothing you've just purchased or flame retardant material on the airplane that you're in or if you're taking uh, pharmaceutical there's probably some Teflon that we utilized in the shoots that drop the powder so they go into the capsule at high speed rates I mean it's just everywhere. When you touch your phone, doorknobs, hand, I mean, it's just, it, we just live in a chemical driven life. I, I'm not being critical of it, just recognizing it because most of us aren't giving up our modern conveniences, right? So, and if you're eating something that doesn't have anything in nature that looks like it, it's an odd shape that you would never find in nature. Or if you could buy something at the grocery store and it still looks fresh in six months, that's not natural, right? Things should spoil. You should buy them, they should spoil, you should eat them or throw them out, one or the other. It should not last forever. And so you've got this exposure. How are you gonna manage it? Our bodies are, are good at dealing with detox, but not at the levels we're currently exposed to. And so people can have acute reactions, skin reactions, respiratory reactions. We even see things, uh, for example, with uh, lead in drinking water, right? That exposure for both children and adults can make you dumber. Literally, your IQ goes down if you have excess exposures to lead, right? So this should signal to all of us what an issue this is. And even though you probably can't see the lead, you might know that there was some lead paint chips, but you didn't see the lead, odorless and tasteless, right? And that exposure, though, can make you dumber. Heavy metals are disruptive neurologically. They are disruptive to your hormonal system and you're exposed to them on a daily basis. If you're in traffic and you can smell the car in front of you, you're smelling a really high volume of cadmium, which is disruptive to your hormones, can make your bone density go down and make you gain weight, right? These are all attributes of these aluminum, uh, cadmium, lead, mercury, all these kind of things in addition to the <clears throat> volatile organics, the PFOSs, I mean, it's just a whole whole list of things, glyphosate, right? Sort of fits into these categories. And so we believe philosophically, <clears throat> excuse me, that people need to understand this. And just like they take a supplement because they, they don't eat right, they should have a strategy to deal with the toxins they're exposed to because they can't live in a bubble. And so you mentioned the greens, right? Your body uses cruciferous vegetables, <clears throat> excuse me, deep green leafy vegetables 
to help manage your toxic load through your lymphatic system, through your kidney and your livers. Those micronutrients, the chlorophyll found in those green products really have a positive impact at supporting dispensing and managing toxins. <clears throat> Excuse me again. We believe you've got to take that a step further though. We have a natural mineral product we work with called a zeolite, right? A lot of people in your audience may not have ever heard of zeolites, but zeolites have been around a long time. We know a great deal about them. Uh, not recognizing why clay eating societies hundreds of years ago were somewhat effective at getting rid of dysentery because zeolites were disruptive to the viral replication that was causing the dysentery lasting so long that people died of dehydration. Uh, the Romans <clears throat> used zeolite in clay to manage their city water systems. And that's why they were able to, <clears throat> I apologize, Matt, successfully have city centers when other global communities back in those times weren't able to have people living close together because of all the disease that came from the management of the human waste. And so we know a lot about zeolites, but one of the great things is as a natural zeolite, it has a, a cage-like structure with a negative charge to it. All these heavy metals we're talking about have positive charges. And so when you introduce zeolite to your body, it will be attracted to and bind with heavy metals because it's not an essential mineral, it processes out of your body system generally in a four to six hour period through urine and your bowel movement. So it's this wonderful natural, and I, I'm not one for a lot of hyperbole, but darn near miracle mineral in how it supports the body's native abilities to manage toxins. And given this constant exposure, it's not like we can detox one day and not think exposure continued the next. It's, that's just not true, right? If you go get your skin, your hair, your urine and your blood tested, you're going to show heavy metals. Your body may be managing the level that you're exposed to, but over time it's cumulative, much like say an automobile that nobody pays attention to. They don't change the oil. They don't change the filters. They don't give it a tune up, begins to run poorly. You all of a sudden change the oil filters, give it a tune up, it runs better, right? Your body will react to you do it with your fast and your grapes, right? You've got a process there we produce a product to give people a tool to use every day. So our system is get the bad stuff out, put the good stuff in and be conscious of the balance. So we have detox as a category. We have superfoods as a category or a build. And then we have a line of CBD products because balance to the endocannabinoid system should help people better manage stress, quality of sleep, muscle recovery. There's a lot of things in that category. So we have these basic packages that start with our product called pure body extra strength. It's our number one global seller. It's a nano-sized zeolite, quite unique in the marketplace, very significant and profound how it works. We combine that with a greens drink because not everybody has the time or the ability to go out there and you know, buy the fruits and vegetables, chop, prepare, and juice them. If you do, that's great, right? I would never suggest that a powder is better than food. I just know that powders are accept, uh, accessible oftentimes when food is not. And then finally, the use of the the CBDs. And so our, our basic idea or my basic suggestion to people is get a detox product like our Pure Body Extra Strength Zeolite, use a greens drink every single day. I use it before every single meal. I, I literally am obsessed and will not have a meal uh, without, without having had that ahead of time. And then I'm a big believer in CBD. Even though I don't have sort of a common issue that I'm trying to address, I just know that functionally the endocannabinoid system in the, in the body it's like a, a communications uh, system for your central nervous system, your immune system. So many parts of the body 
that enhancing that form of communication by making sure that endocannabinoid system is healthy, which cannabinoids from CBD or hemp will do is critical. So that's, that's sort of the go-to things for us in addition to the lifestyle stuff you and I've talked about. I love it. That's awesome. So first, a clarifying question. Are you saying superfoods drink three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's what you do? If I ate three times a day, that would be true. I'm an intermittent faster. And so my first meal of the day is somewhere between 11 and 12 o'clock, 11 a.m. and 12 noon Eastern time. And my next meal is somewhere between 6.30 and 7.30. I just have two meals a day. Uh, that's my habit that I works for me. And I have one before each, each, uh, each meal, even when I'm traveling. Okay, great. Uh, so it leads me to the second question, because I'm always curious about uh, peak performance and productivity. So, you know, my friend, Dr. Bear Lando, he's a one day, uh, one meal a day eater. And I've been looking at some of the CrossFit guys, because uh, I'm always interested in superhuman performance. And like, you know, Matt Fraser, the top CrossFit guy, what his workout is like, he's got this new product where it shows his workout, his one day workout is like a week's work worth of workout. It's just, it's ridiculous. So I think about the energy output. So you seem like a guy who may get up early. So if you get up early, are you still waiting? until then to eat? Yeah. So somewhere between 5.30 and 6 is when I get up. And uh, my very first habit is I, I go to the floor beside my bed and I stretch for 30 to 45 minutes. It is It doesn't matter where I'm at, what time zone. And if I've got a 7 a.m. flight, then I just get up that much earlier because that movement uh, and the stretching of those muscles, I think is really critical, right? To maintain at age 57, any kind of athleticism without hurting myself. And so I'm, I'm super conscious of that. I, I still lift two to three days a week, but I don't lift the same weight I did before, right? But I'm, I'm conscious of making sure there because I believe you've got to apply pressure so that bone density can maintain itself where your immune system is. There's a lot of discussions we can have there. So that's true. No matter what time I get up, it's still going to be that window of about 11 to 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock. And I, I you know, that's comfortable for me. It maybe wasn't in the beginning, but I've done it so long now, I can't think of it otherwise. And if I had a morning meal, I'd probably feel sluggish, right? It just isn't what my body's looking for. I do think people need to make allowance for how much physical activity they're doing that's just not, that's above and beyond, right? Just, I, I'm a big believer in movement, but maybe for you, that's uh, moving around 20, 30 minutes, a couple times a day. So you've got that. But if you're lifting and doing those things, you may accommodate for that excess burn or even trying to build muscle. I am a person that believes, particularly for men, that once you're after about the age of 45, be careful of the amount of protein you're consuming. And so for myself, and this probably won't be popular with some of your listeners, but for me, somewhere between 45 and 55 grams is really where I want to be limited on that because excess protein in the bowel makes you more vulnerable to all types of bowel disease and gut disease, including cancer. And particularly if a lot of your protein is coming from an animal source, even if it's a lean animal source, excess protein is not good for the human biome. And one of the things I think is critical as I've learned with both digestion, remembering your gut and your biome are sort of the pharmacies of the body, right? Your immune system, your immune serotonin, most about 90, 95% of serotonin is being produced in your gut, right? And so if you don't have a healthy gut or a healthy biome, that's not going to happen. Quite literally, the health of your gut can affect your mood, 
the worse you eat, the more you kill off that biome with say excess smoking, drinking, ultra processed food, right? And you're in a bad mood and you have to eat those things to get back into a good mood. It's this downward spiral because your body's not making enough serotonin. So I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of that. When I was younger, more protein was appropriate, but not, not where I'm at today, right? And I don't think for most men after 45, unless they're a dedicated athlete, that's gonna be true. And so I don't wanna tax my body with calories it doesn't have to. Metabolism uses up resources and you've got a finite amount of resources as a human being. Even if you look at longevity studies, people with limited calorie consumptions after age 75 and 80 tend to live a decade longer. You know, one of the things in blue zones we've discovered is not just the lifestyle, the food and the environment, but the amount of calories they consume. And so I'm, I'm conscious of paying attention to that volume of protein and I'm more focused on nutrient dense uh, carbohydrates, low glycemic carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables. I'm not going to go crazy on it, right? I'm not going to sit down and eat so much fruit. I've just put, you know, 40 grams of sugar in my body through fruit, but I am going to be conscious and don't mind if my balance of carbohydrates, good fat and protein is a little different today than it was in my thirties. I got it. I love all that. I, I love how like I ask a question and you go right to the depths of it. You know, you, you definitely, you know, you you found the root of it. You know, you can tell when you're talking to a master of a field, they go right to the root of, you know, why they're doing well. I want to touch on a few things. One blue zones. If people aren't familiar, it's where people live the longest in the world. One of the places in Okinawa, Japan, I believe, which I'd love to go um, one time. There's a few other ones so we can study, you know, this is what neuro-linguistic programming is. It's the study of excellence, how they think, what their habits are, are, you know what I mean? And, and how they think neuro uh, language, how they speak and then their habits, uh, you know, and that's why you said a really great point before is you need to vocalize it. You know, a lot of the sports psychology training I would do and still do with, with the clients that I work with, it's making that map. And then you have to actually consciously intend it. It's one thing to think it, it's another thing to write it down. It's another thing to say it. It's another thing to put it into action. And then you want to get as much into the physical as possible. So you're off the hamster wheel. And when you're just on the hamster wheel of thinking, you feel disempowered. Um, another key that you brought up and we've we talked about a few times is this balance in this system, right? So we're, we're not talking about a one-time solution, right? Like even with health and fitness, um, if you don't make a change, I was talking to my, my cousin and, um, you know, he's a little bit, um, overweight, good guy. And, you know, so he struggles a little bit with that. And, um, you know, I, he goes, I was like, well, you know, cause we'll chat, right. And he'll try different things. And I say, well, how many times are you go in the gym? He goes, I try to get there three times a week, which means he's not going three times a week. Maybe yeah. he's going once a week and uh, you know, and I'm maybe on his best week is three. And I said to him, go every day, you know, go every single day. So it's a part of your habits. Like, what do you mean? I was like, even if you just show up and you go on a treadmill for 10 minutes, you're probably going to need more. You integrate it into your life. You have to change it because then, like you said, three years, five years, 10 years, you're a different person down the line. And so what we're talking about is these systems that help like uh, another friend, um, you know, is working triathlon and stuff. And I wonder if he'll hear this because he listens to the podcast a lot, but I love him and he'll be fine with it. But working with uh, doing a training for uh, uh, Ironman, you know, and just he was probably in the too much beer drinking phase, couple of years of training for an Ironman, super in shape, lockdown hasn't allowed him to train. Now he's sporting a nice little bit of a beer belly, right? And it happens over time because that pattern isn't there. And so now he's looking for a readjust. So it's really just showing like, it's a, it's a style that needs to be integrated. And what I like about 
what you're saying is like, it reminds me of on it. And when on it came out, they came out with a new tropic, but they also had the kettlebell and some of my, my previous life was uh, crowdfunding and marketing and working with companies and how to get the word out and things like that. And it moved into more, I don't know what you call it, just like volunteer work for organizations sure. on like human trafficking and stuff like that, like social issues, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like how to use those same systems. But I was like, you got to, if you're starting as an entrepreneur or doing anything, do it like on it. They had a product as you guys have products, but it's not about the product. I have a kettlebell, but now here are all these amazing people to help you use the darn thing. Here yeah. are systems, here are workouts. This is a tool. It will help you if you use it. But if you've got a bunch of kettlebells and you got the greatest gym in your house and you're just, you're confused by it. You don't know how to use it. You're not using, you know, you're taking no action. It's, there's no use to it. So I love how you're saying that. And the last thing I wanted to say was um, the gut biome and health and what I've learned in the last year about the importance of the gut biome and how basically everything that we're eating and what's going on is destroying it. And, and interestingly, the gut biome produces apparently DMT. I was, I learned this from a guy, a university professor in my local area. He walks his dog near me and we were talking about all these things. And he said he wanted to get a grant from the university to talk about that. And so when you think about DMT, for me, it's your spiritual connection, your pineal gland, it's all of those different things. And so it seems like your suggestion is look, you, you can have these basic things that are going to put you in a much more powerful state of homeostasis. And so just like your mom and many other people out there who now have autoimmune diseases are facing things that are, um, you know, potentially terminal, like cancers. Um, when you can put the body in homeostasis, the body has a far greater chance of, of doing what it's supposed to do um, to uh, you know, recover. Like if you're stabbed with a knife, you take it out, hopefully the body will do its thing. But if they, if you keep getting stabbed, right, you know, through these little micro attacks of all of this stuff, it's much harder for the body to do its thing. And Dr. Bear Lando and all these amazing doctors now, one of the benefits of this uh, pandemic and the coronavirus is this discussion now of germ theory versus terrain theory. And when you put them beside each other, it's like, well, you know, you're created by God, if you believe that, you know, whatever you believe, but you're created by something and the body works like nature. It kind of birds know how to fly. They don't need a lesson. They know how to do it. So the body does know how to take care of itself. And it's because our food has been modified. We live in a toxic world. We're living in such an unnatural way, so disconnected from, you know, natural living and especially food when you dive down that rabbit hole you realize how horrible it is these things become necessary to put us in a better balance and when we're cognizant of it and can take advantage of it um we're gonna feel a lot better brain fog motivation uh sleep all of these different things but then longer term you could be looking at something a little bit worse so that's a big rant do you want to add in onto that or correct anything or i agree with everything that you just said and and it's you know, it's, it, we, we have to find within ourselves the discipline to get back to center if we get off, right? It's okay that we get off. And I'm glad you acknowledge that. And so the way I think you do that, one is the vision of what you want for your future. But if you find things that are bigger than yourself, so just like you said, right, once you got into the community and realized I can do some volunteer work, some crowdfunding, some things, you may know we'll never pay you. They're just going to cost you some hours. But the feeling you get from participating in society in a positive way, I don't even know how we measure that, right? But your body will, your DNA will, and you'll go back to that again, right? So a selflessness in those actions 
right, is important. I'm not saying everything needs to be selfless. You Survival itself is a selfish act, right? But a selfless component of, of the way you operate, which speaks to all those things you just said, I, I'm on board with it. Well, I love that. Yeah. And I think um, you touched on this a little bit before too. When we're talking about our vision, you know, if you think about, stop thinking about what I can get to what I can give. Right. And so this came, it was a personal thing with you, with your mom, but then you realize it's a bigger issue and Hey, you know, I got to survive and that's that balance, right? You need to survive, but what are you doing to live? Right. And when that vision is about other people, because you know, what's good in your heart and soul, the universe helps you and supports you on that vision, but ultimately you feel better. And again, that's why I'm, you know, a lot of the work that I do with the programs and coaching and things like that is like, I'll help you figure out what your life purpose is. I promise you, I can figure that out easily. Not, not me. Cause I'm a mystic. Cause I'll ask you a basic series of questions, give you a whole bunch of, you know, really basic things. Then you'll know the answer. That's not hard. The hard thing is how do you follow through? when you're risking everything, when you got to survive, when it's not easy, when it's not guaranteed. And so then coming up with systems for that as well. So it's such a powerful thing. Um, one thing I want to ask, cause I know we got to jump off real quick, but you gave a bit of a protocol before. And so I'd love for you to give again, just in summary, a short version of a heavy metal detox. And then like, if you're going to go max, like max version of like, all right, Matt, you're training for this thing, or, or you want to be as healthy as possible because there's, you know, it, we're getting it everywhere. We got the water thing. So I want to know all your hacks, all your, you know, is it a clean water? Some people are telling me it's reverse osmosis. Some people are saying it's like hydrated water. So if you're going to max out on health and just be the strictest thing, what would your day look like with technologies and foods and even like advanced saunas or stuff like that? I'd be curious what your thoughts are. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll just maybe, maybe start the day, right? This is, this is the best way for me to do it. Right. So the stretching to me, and it could be different things for different people, but that 30 or so minutes there to kind of reconnect with my body so that I, I'm just, I'm connected to what's going on and I've learned to make time for it. It does rob me of that extra sleep. So I, I get that, but if you don't make some sacrifices, you can't find optimal for you. And so you, you got to decide, do I want to be optimal? So I do believe in that movement first thing in the morning, uh, particularly for anybody after the age of 30 or 35. I just think that's sort of a, a critical dynamic. And in the morning, from a caloric standpoint, there's just none for me. So I do drink organic coffee. Uh, I try not to drink too much of it, but I do like a little organic coffee. I like a little bit of that stimulation, but I'm having water a lot of water, that's just my go-to thing. And I realize I get bored with just regular water. So I often just drink warm water or hot water. It just has a little action to it. I, my, my kids think I'm a nut for that, right? But I just, a, a little warm water, but that's what I'm putting in to just aid my lymphatic system and how it performs. And that's before calories enter my body. And for me, water is, I try to get spring water that's tested for safety, but rich in natural minerals. I just think that's critical. So I'm not a distilled water. I know people have their reasons for doing that. That's not where philosophically I live. I live in the uh, natural minerals that you find with good quality spring water. So that's the decision I make. My morning routine, the first meal I have of the day really does not contain a whole lot of protein. Uh, I may have a oat groat, uh, organic oat groats, with some organic nuts, maybe a little bit of, of, of local honey, uh, but that's gonna be it with maybe a, a few organic blueberries. So simple, sometimes I'll have a uh, yogurt, I'll have a 
no fat Greek yogurt with no flavor at all and just rely on whatever berry I put in to do that. So I'm going to limit, I need some carbohydrates. I'm just not going to, I'm going to do my best to not have them come from uh, fruits that are high glycemic. I just want to sort of limit that dynamic. And so just so when I first put something in there, I'm not splashing uh, too much sugar into the body, right? As your body breaks down carbohydrates, creates glucose, the faster that rises, the more concerning that can be by your pancreas and the amount of insulin you produce and this whole cycle that we don't want. And to facilitate that, I do consume a lot of high quality organic cinnamon spice. I mean, I consume a lot of it. I consume it in my sugar, I mean, excuse me, my coffee, and I consume it in my uh, morning, whatever that happens to be, the, the oats or the yogurt. And I'm pretty confined on that stuff. One reason I do the cinnamon is it improves insulin sensitivity. And so one strategy, particularly anybody, but so if you look at about 85% of the global population, about 85% struggles to maintain insulin sensitivity with age. And so that's one key to maintaining your weight. And you've probably met the other 15%, right? They can eat any dang thing they want and they're skinny as a rail. It makes you so mad you want to hit them, right? But for the rest of us, maintaining insulin sensitivity through food, through exercise is really critical. And you can do that with cinnamon. My evening meal will have a little bit of animal protein. And again, I try to pay attention to the density of the carbohydrates that I'm having so that they're not high glycemic carbohydrates, but you know, that's that routine. And most days there'll be some type of exercise is, is a life hack for me. So um, I might go walk nine holes of golf in the evening and I'm less concerned about the quality of the golf than I am just to get out and walk and breathe and just do something and, and be active or I've got a little bit of a gym with some kettlebells in my garage. The other side of this is to try to have as good a sleep as possible. I probably don't sleep as much as I should. I'm usually in bed by 11 or 11.30. I'm up at 5.30 or 6. But I have found that if I'm exhausted when I get there, I sleep, right? And so I try to make sure there's physical and mental exhaustion so that I'm ready to go down and allow my body to do that repair. So in the in-between from a supplement standpoint, I do aid my body with our Pure Body Extra. And let me say this for your audience. We prepared and hopefully you'll be able to post the link. Uh, we prepared a link for your audience if they want to try that product. It's our best seller. It's kind of a way for people to meet us. I think we've got a $5 uh, initial bottle offer. And in most places in the world, it ships for free. Um, and so I think you, you've got a link uh, that is uh, thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B is what we put together for your audience. And so please folks take advantage of that. That's as that is an expensive a program as we can put together and it still comes back with money back guarantee. But that detox is like this critical lever point for me. It's the tip of the arrow and how I supplement my life um, and how I think about air quality, water quality. I have, a, I have a water filtration system or just a head-based filtration system on my shower because I don't want the volumized chlorine from hot water, you know, being consumed either by my skin or my lungs, right? So, that detox. And then I told the greens drinks. Um, I, I just believe in the greens, right? I just don't know of anything that can have more of a positive impact on your body. And of course, I'm an avid user of CBD because of the endocannabinoid system. So that's, you know, that's my, my program. Uh, it's not as complicated as people may think when they hear this, but I've, I've developed it over time. And, you know, it, it gives me the energy and the excitement and the zest for life that I think you need if you want to live life to the max. And I'm that guy. I am a big believer. I preach it. 
It's part of what drives me. I think I'm here to serve people in a capacity as a stepping stone in some way to help them reach the full measure of their potential. You know, whatever that happens to be, that's not for me to define, but I want to make sure if they're in contact with me in some capacity, even if they don't enjoy every bit of it here, I'm, I'm here to help people find that little measure of performance improvement, either in relationships, food, diet, exercise, whatever that happens to be, that's, that's what gets me up every day. Amazing. Well, I love all that. And I love how it's simple. You know, it's worked for me as far as the fitness aspects goes. And, and now recently it's been really a turn to the nutrition because I've had the up and downs of like just lethargy, you know what I mean? And like my body's not feeling right. And so um, the tap on the water was one I just discovered, you know what I mean? So the water you, you take in, make sure it's clean and filtered or spring um, the tap water, because the thing is, it's all these micro attacks that we're not registering. Yeah. Right. And then the food, you might eat like total garbage, but my, my, dad, my buddy, uh, Adam Hart, who years ago we met was going to do presentations on the conspiracy side of food, which is basically the truth of food of how terrible everything is, but he focused on the solution and now has the power of food, how nuts and seeds and organic and all that stuff, how you work the solution. And so if you've got that minimum of the green drink, becoming aware, it can open the door to get cleaner and cleaner, but at least when you're off kilter, because when I'm off kilter personally with my food, um, at least the fitness is saving me for the most part but I haven't standardized something I can come in, right? And help like in the way that when fitness, I'm not doing anything, 90% of people do nothing for two months, three months, six months, a year and three years and they get a result. My minimum is the hundred snatches, a hundred swings or a hundred snatches that maintains an equilibrium. It has helped me through years to keep, you know, in shape and to, you know, have strength and muscle and vitality, which is what I want. I want to take care of my body. And so your system for, um, the inner world is, you know, now I can seek to improve on that basic minimum, which I think is fantastic. So I just appreciate the simplicity and, and your, um, you know, drive to do the right thing. So, you know, I was happy when I was, when you guys reached out and I did my due diligence on the company and, and everything you're doing. And now just to speaking to you here, you know, it's great to be, you know, have this collaboration and, um, uh, you know, for all the wisdom you share, because now more than ever, right, if we're in this health pandemic, what better time to take care of your health and have that basic understanding where your food comes from? Can you get to local organic farms? Because that's a whole nother podcast in itself, organic farming, organic farmers, where your food comes from, the origins, the crops, you know, so all of this stuff is very critical and very important. So uh, I probably keep you all day. I know you have to run, but um, is there anything else that you wanted to share or leave the listeners with? And thanks so much for coming. Well, a couple things. One, uh, it's a privilege to be here with you. And I appreciate what you're doing and the efforts that you're making. And I know your audience does. We did enough homework to know that you're having an impact. And so for us to be able to be a part of that, we've got a external goal as a company to impact a million families, right? And this is the kind of vehicle that gives us one more opportunity to do that even if it's a person at the time. So thank you for the chance to be here and to be a part of that. And for those that listened and stuck with us, thank you for investing uh, in yourself, right? Either to say, I don't like any of the guy's ideas. And so you'll just dismiss this and know this isn't for you. But for those that found something, good for you. Pick it apart, take ownership of it. You don't have to mention us. You can just go take this and say, I got this great idea and share that. But the more you say, the more you share and say out loud, these ideas and notions that you have, the more you'll own them and the more people around you will support you, right? If they begin to see you're really serious about your weight, you're really serious about fitness, you're really serious about your career, whatever it is, say it out loud, say it out loud over and over and over again. So 
thank you. And hey, listen, for anybody that's curious, take us up on the offer. That's what it's there for. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. This will uh, be lots of fun to stay in touch. So thanks for all your work and uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, so the website is thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt B. And we're doing the $5 zeolite, which is great. I was going to say too, like in testing it, because I tested a lot of nootropics, it worked better than the nootropics I tried. And I didn't know if it was because uh, placebo um, or I started doing other things, but either way, it, it did work a lot better. And, uh, you know, Dr. Bear Lando from Alpha Vedic, who also makes just tremendous products, but on a very smaller scale, um, you know, he definitely vetted the product too. So um, just grateful for that. And uh, yeah, so you can text check that out. But if there's anything else you guys want to know, you can still find the links or whatever we're going to do over there. So that's it. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank cool. you, Matt. All right, Eddie, have a beautiful day. Thanks for you coming. Okay. Bye-bye. Peace guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely phenomenal Eddie Stone from Touchstone Essentials. Like I said from the beginning, this is a, a great company. They do things right. If you want to check out the Pure Body Extra, the heavy metal detox using zeolite, go to thegoodinside.com forward slash Matt, M-A-T-T-B. And uh, you can get a bottle for five bucks. Um, that's a limited time offer, but after that, it's going to be $50 off. So I believe it's about $13. Very inexpensive. And I invite you to consider doing that with a morning apple cider vinegar, looking up a little bit on heavy metal detox and integrating that into your diet or like a greens juice. That's what I've done for myself. It's been working really great. The uh, Pure Body Extra with apple cider in the morning plus two green juices, sometimes three a day. And that way my body has a consistent intake of things that filter out the heavy metals. And so I have uh, good food coming in um, mixed with my, you know, regular meals of eggs and salads and, you know, steak dinners, sorry, vegans, um, chicken and things like that. So it's an okay diet, but what this does is really help me get everything that I need. And I have noticed a bit of a difference as far as uh, clarity and um, fog. Like if I eat heavy meal, I really get down. And what this has been helping me to do is be a lot more conscious and use it as a trigger. Just like if you get like a good protein, right? It, it just, you can use that, it, but you got to go to the gym and work out. So for me, it's just helped me become more diligent using a great tool to be mindful of, uh, you know, putting good nutrients in my body that are going to filter out the heavy metals that I get through so many things through the food and the vegetables and the fruits. It's a bit absurd when you kind of know what's going on. So um, that's that for those of you guys who are interested and want to get connected as far as living your life purpose, overcoming fear, learning tools for peak performance and mindset, overcoming self-sabotage and all of that kind of thing. Hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Check out Soul Compass. It's phenomenal as well as the quantum heart hypnosis and all of those programs to help you get clear, connected to your spirit, your intention, your purpose, so you can live your, leave your legacy and, and live a life that you're truly proud of. Uh, so Matt at Zen Athlete, if you want to get connected. And for those of you guys, if I haven't reached back out, all kinds of funky stuff is going on on my forums. So uh, just hit me up directly if you have not heard from me. It means I did not see it or something happened. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this as far and as wide as you can. And uh, have an amazing day. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, love, inspiration, courage, kindness, ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening. 